Hello, this is Robin from Robin's Nest Podcast. So today we're just going to continue with the story. So later that year, I decided it was time to start dating. I dated a few guys, mostly guys I met at school or through friends, but I was still afraid of strangers. In June of 1988, I was down the shore with a friend and her family. Her boyfriend at the time was renting the room upstairs at the same hotel. One of his friends came down for the weekend and we all hung out that weekend and I really started to like him. He was dating Frank's sister at the time. All of a sudden, at the end of August, he called and asked if we could go out on a double date with Frank and Tammy, and that him and Frank's sister broke up. So we went together to dinner and a movie, and that weekend, I think I had just turned 17, and he was 21. I was attracted to bad boys then and was about to find out just what a bad boy could be. I had already dated a 20-year-old man and my mom was okay with that. I think she was fine with that because I was the youngest of her eight and she was really exhausted and worn down from raising all the kids. And I think she was just happy that I was dating after what happened with the guy that broke into my house. So we started dating and it was only a few months in. He was seeing some girl behind my back. Number one red flag, but being young and stupid, I forgave him. He was the bad boy with the long hair, the leather jacket, and the cool Mustang. (laughs) So for our one-year dating anniversary, we went to the Poconos and rented some cabin. It was the first time I went away with a boyfriend. It was so funny as we were relaxing and in bed watching TV there was a bat flying around our room and I ran in the bathroom screaming and he was right there on my heels. When we came out of the bathroom, it was gone. I'm guessing it came in and left out of the fireplace because we couldn't find it. So a few months later, he got a job as a maintenance man for these apartments in Moorestown and asked me to live with him in uh, that apartment complex. Within a month or two of living together, we were engaged. I was driving 40 minutes back and forth to high school. We had parties like everyone else at that age. I knew eventually we would get married and have kids and grow out of the party stage. Well, at least that was what I thought. One day, his mom and grandmom came over for a visit, 
And when they left, they gave me a hug and a kiss goodbye. I said to my fiance after they left, what the hell was that? Why were they hugging and kissing me? He said, because that's what people do when they leave. I was not raised like that. We did not hug, kiss, and say, I love you. I seem to remember that all stopped when I was like in first or second grade. I don't know why, but when we would get ready to go to bed, we would kiss and hug our parents and say, I love you. But then it just all stopped. And I guess I was like six or seven. So I am thankful for his family showing me that affection was normal, unlike what my family had taught me. So while we were dating, we would be uh, horsing around, roughing around, playing around. And it seems like it never stayed playing. He would end up uh, being too rough and I would end up getting hurt and the one who would get mad and sometimes cry. One time, my sister and her husband were coming over to our apartment to play cards. Before they got there, we got into a heated argument that turned into a pushing-shoving match and furniture went upside down. When they walked in, they just acted normal and we just put everything back. Red flags were obvious, but being young and naive, I thought it wouldn't happen again or that it would stop. In the beginning, he would apologize and say it wouldn't happen again. And it sure did happen over and over again. So he grew up with uh, domestic abuse and so did I. So we just thought it was normal. So someone pissed you off, you just punched them. I mean, that's how we grew up. His brothers were no help. They would always come over with a case of beer and tow a piece. It was really sad because the three of them will give you their shirt off their back if you needed it when they're sober. When the three of them got together and were drinking and got drunk, they would start talking about their childhood and they sure weren't nice stories they were telling. At one point in their life, both of their parents were alcoholics. One time while we were engaged and living together, we ended up in a, another fist fight. I called the cops and I left and moved in with my girlfriend. It still wasn't clicking in that this was abuse and that this was not normal because that's all I have known and that's all that he knew. So he came to my job with flowers and apologies and empty promises that I fell for again. So we started seeing each other and a few months later, later we decided that we would try to have a baby. I was 19 years old at this point. 
All I ever wanted to be was a mom and a wife. This was like a dream come true for me. At this point, I wasn't worried about getting married. I just wanted a baby. We talked about different weddings, like the big church wedding or the cruise to nowhere wedding. I even uh, went wedding dress shopping and was nice enough to include his mom because she didn't have a daughter. She just had the three boys. That was a big mistake. I had thongs on that day and she wanted to know why I didn't have any underwear on. Who knew I would be getting changed in front of my mom and his mom? We, me and him both had full-time jobs uh, I had benefits, so we knew that my health insurance would cover the pregnancy. So I guess we were mature enough that we thought about all that. It took two or three months to get pregnant. Meanwhile, we had found a new apartment to share, but it wouldn't be ready for a few weeks. So we were both staying with our own parents. He was at his mom's house. I was at my mom's house. And of course, that's when I found out I was pregnant. So he told his parents first, whom were very excited. Um, they were happy for us. His older brother had had a child I guess he was like five years old at that point, and they really didn't have a relationship with the kid. They didn't know if it was really um, the brother's baby or not, and you know, you know, all those games went on, so they really weren't the grandparents that they wanted to be yet. So um, I went to tell my mom and that was a whole nother story so i tried to tell her that i had a bun in the oven well she didn't get that and she was like well take it out i was like well it takes nine months to cook she still didn't get it so i just came out and told her so at this point i was 19 and i moved out and i was living with my fiance and we have been supporting ourselves for two years and we had been together for three years well she lost her ever-loving mind talking about well you're not even married well let me tell you that she didn't even marry my dad until i was 18. that's a whole nother podcast so she was like seriously pissed. Like I ended up running from her. She was so pissed. And to add fuel to the fire, I told her that it took three months to get pregnant. Well, that enraged her even more. And of course, I just had to find out the two weeks, 14 days, I was staying with her until our apartment was ready. So she kept saying, you're getting married. I said, I don't want to get married. I just want to have a baby. 
And she was like, do you think you can do this on your own? I was like, well, if I had to, yes, but we are engaged. We are living together. We are together. But if I had to, yes, I would raise a baby on my own. So she kept insisting I was going to get married. And I was like, I am not getting married pregnant. Just not going to happen. So we finally moved into our new apartment and we realized that we probably should have got a two bedroom. And back then, I think rent was like $4.25 a month for this one bedroom apartment. So things were going well since I was pregnant. I was working full time and on my hour lunch breaks, I take like 15 minutes to eat and then I take a 45 minute nap, whether it was in my car or it was in the office on the floor, I needed that nap. So I had always been underweight. And when I got pregnant, it was the only time I had gained weight. I weighed 98 pounds before I got pregnant. And when I went in to have him, I was like 180 pounds. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of weight. I just loved being pregnant. One day on my way out the door to work, the front door automatically locked when you closed it. And I realized as I had walked out and the door started closing that I forgot my keys. So I quick turned around to catch the door before it locked and I ended up sliding down the steps on my ass, which was pretty padded because I had gained a lot of weight. So... The only way you could call someone then was on a house phone. We didn't have cell phones and I think beepers were out. So I went and grabbed one of the trash cans and climbed through the window in the living room. Thank God we were on the first floor. So when I got to work, I was nervous because I had fell and then I had climbed through the window. So I just wanted to make sure everything was okay with the baby. So I called the doctor and asked him if I could come in for a quick checkup. He said, absolutely. So I came in and everything was fine. Thank God. So about five months into my pregnancy, I knew something was wrong because my fiance kept acting more of an ass than he typically did. Now, he was jealous and insecure normally and accused me of cheating on him. Um, you know, but this was above and beyond his normal shit. But I just blew it off as he was nervous because our due date was getting closer. So someone had told me that he was calling a girlfriend of mine all the time and even picked her up from the house one time. So he was at his mom's house visiting when I found this out. So I called over there confronting him with this information I just got. And it was a Sunday and 
that was the big drinking day over there. They would drink like teenagers and blast Pink Floyd. I swore the windows were going to break. So I should have known better, but I did it anyway. So it started a big argument. Next thing I know, his whole family shows up at the apartment. And my mom was there visiting me at this time. So him, his parents, his brothers, his uncle shows up. And I'm quite sure they were drunk. And it started this big, this big giant fight. And his uncle said that he was going to kill my mom and that he worked in Camden and that she should watch her back. So it ended up being a big, ugly mess. So someone called the cops, I guess one of the neighbors, and that's how that fight broke up. And that night he went to his parents' house and I stayed at my mom's house. So as far as I was concerned, I, I was done with him and my girlfriend. Like, how can someone do this to you? Like, I was pregnant with his kid. I don't know who uh, I was more pissed at. Was I more pissed at my friend or was I more pissed at him? I had no idea how long this had been going on for. So from what I found out, Apparently, they were talking on the phone often and passing notes back and forth. And he had picked her up from work and took her home. But who knows what the truth is? So I went to work the next day and I was concerned because I wasn't feeling the baby move as much as he normally did. So I called the doctor and asked for a quick checkup. I just wanted to hear his heartbeat so that, you know, I could be at ease. So when I called the doctor's office, they told me everything was fine and that the baby was just probably in a position that I couldn't feel him as much. Well, that wasn't good enough for me. So I said that I would not be comfortable until I heard the baby's heartbeat because you know, I, I was involved in this huge family fight and, you know, I just didn't feel right and felt as though that was just way too much stress and that I wasn't feeling him move like normal. So the doctor was at the hospital doing his rounds and they said, you know, you can go up to the labor and delivery floor. That's where he is. He'll hook you up to the fetal monitor and, you know, then you can go home. So I'm like, okay. So I left work and went and got hooked up to the fetal monitor. And I still wasn't speaking to my fiance. He had no idea that I was going there. So they hooked me up to this machine and I can hear and, you know, see the baby's heartbeat. And I was like, oh, relief. So the doctor left me on the machine for 30 minutes, you know, just to make sure everything was okay. So after the 30 minutes were up, the doctor came in and said that 
I had to be admitted and that I was in preterm labor and was having contractions every 10 minutes and that we needed to stop them or I would end up having the baby. And it was way too early to have the baby. I was only like, I think maybe 26 weeks pregnant. So they came in and did an ultrasound of the baby and he was um, uh, maybe a pound and a half and his chance of survival outside the womb was very little, less than 10%, if even that high. So at that point, I called my mom to come up to the hospital because I was scared that I was going to lose my baby. I was told that the preterm labor was caused from a UTI and uh, stress. So, I mean, this was my dream. It's all I ever wanted since I was little was to be a wife and a mom. And so now I'm like panicking that I might lose this baby because of what my friend and this baby's dad did. Like it was totally unnecessary that the two of them put me through this. So my mom came up to console me and someone ended up telling my fiance that I had been admitted into the hospital and that I could possibly have the baby. So him and his mom come up to the hospital and I told my mom and the doctor that I did not want to see either one of them and that they needed to leave. So I heard them in the hallway arguing back and forth with the doctor, but because we were not married, he had no rights to me or the baby. So they had to leave. So they had to put a catheter in because my bladder wouldn't fully drain. And they gave me breathing to help stop the contractions. And it's actually an asthma medicine and it makes you uh, shaky and jittery and restless. Like it's not fun. So I had to stay hooked to the fetal monitor 24-7 while I was in the hospital. And I remember I had to sleep on my left side because it helps with the blood flow to the baby. So they had this company come in. It was called Tocos. I tried to look it up to see if they're still in business. And I think they're in business under another name. But at this point, it was uh, experimental study. So they had a pump that continuously pumped in terbutylene sulfate and it went into your leg and it stayed there 24 seven and that would help stop the preterm labor and stop you from delivering the baby early. So the nurse came in with this big giant needle and I was saying, oh my God, no way. Like, where are you going to put that? 
And she laughed and she was like, that's the only way that she could bring the medicine into the hospital. But she ended up taking a syringe part off and just needed the pump piece. So it was very experimental. It wasn't approved yet, but if it meant saving my baby, I don't care. I'll do it. So I had to sign all this paperwork acknowledging that it was experimental. And so when she ended up putting in my leg, it was a little needle that went into like your the side of your thigh. And once you got it in, you took the needle part out and like a little catheter part stayed in there and it was connected to a tube that went up to this little box that looked like a beeper box and that hung on your waist and the catheter got taped into your leg and every three days you had to change legs and it wasn't really painful because it was just a pinch and then you took the needle out but after a while your legs were just very sore or you would get up and forget the pack and start walking and a damn thing would fall on the ground and pull so I had to give myself a reward for changing legs every three days because I had never done anything with needles like I was 19 years old so, of course, you know, you had to reward yourself with a candy bar. So, I was on strict bed rest for the rest of my pregnancy. So, I went home in a couple of days with the terbutylene sulfate pump and a fetal monitor that was hooked through your phone line at home. And I had to use the fetal monitor two hours a day and the results went over to that medical company and they would call me and let me know what the results were. And if I had too many contractions, I had to do an emergency bolus, which was you had to give yourself extra medicine, which you didn't want to do. Number one, it's an experiment. But number two, it would make you nervous and jittery and shaky. So the nurse came out to my house twice a week to check on me. And I seen my OBGYN once a week. And I think they did the ultrasound once a week or every other week. Just to make sure, you know, that the baby was growing and everything was okay. So they told me when I was leaving the hospital that they had a chopper on the roof that was waiting to fly the baby to Children's Hospital had I had him. Thank God didn't need it and that they didn't tell me or I'd have been really stressing. But they told me um, I probably wouldn't make it to my due date but every day that the baby was inside, his chances of survival were higher and higher. So at this point, I couldn't be under any stress. So I had to let the whole cheating, unfaithful thing go if I wanted to save my baby. So I just let it go. 
didn't talk about it much after that. And me and my fiance just went home. So to this day, I have no idea what happened with those two, but whatever, who cares? So I was on bed rest except to eat and to go to the bathroom and um, couldn't do anything else because anything can cause more contractions. So as my pregnancy went on, I started gaining a lot of weight. I also wasn't allowed to drive. I don't know what that was about, but I wasn't allowed to drive. So someone had to take me to all of my appointments and it was usually my mom or one of my sisters. So my sister and mom came over one day to pick me up and I went outside to meet them and their eyes were bugging out of their head. There was big saucers and I'm looking at them and I'm like, what? Like, what the hell are you looking at? And they both said to me, oh my God, do you feel okay? I was like, yeah. They said, what happened? I was like, what are you talking about? They said, uh, you look very swollen. So when I went to the doctor's appointment, I had gained 10 pounds in that week. So they started running all kinds of tests and everything. And I had gestational diabetes and toxemia. And that's your sugar and your blood pressure. So this pregnancy just went from bad to worse. So the doctor said that I would have to stop all salt and sugar. And jokingly, I said, well, you can have one or the other, but you're not getting both. So they were uh, taking me off all the meds and machines on Halloween. I said, no way am I having a baby named Michael on Halloween. You will have to come back on November 1st. Because they said as soon as they took off me the med as soon as they took me off the meds, that I would probably immediately go into labor and have the baby. So um, he was due November 21st. So they did agree and they came on November 1st to take me off the medicine. But they told me that he wouldn't be five pounds and that he wouldn't be able to go home right away until he was probably a few weeks old or he finally reached five pounds. So I was due on the 21st of November and went into labor on the 21st of November. My contraction started while I was at the drive through with the bank. I was driving a 65 Ford Mustang with manual steering and manual brakes. So every time I got near my house, I would have a contraction and couldn't press the brakes as hard as I needed to press them to stop and turn that manual steering wheel. So finally, after going around and around the block a few times, I decided to just park the car and walk. So I get home, I call my fiance and tell him that it's time. It's time to have the baby. 
So he came home and got changed and left. And I'm like, um, hello, I'm the one in labor. Like, could, could I get a ride? <laughs> so he finally realized it a couple minutes later and turned around and picked me up. So when we get to the hospital, my contractions were two minutes apart, but I wasn't dilated. So at this point, I had weighed over 180 pounds. I could not believe I had gained over 80 pounds. So 22 hours of labor, they finally broke my water. And 22 minutes later, I had a gorgeous baby boy that was healthy and had a head full of hair. And he weighed seven pounds, four ounces and 19 and a half inches long. But when they broke my water, the water was green which meant that the baby had had a bowel movement inside, which is toxic to the baby if he ingested it. So they took me, when they took me into the delivery room, they left the damn doors open and I was high as a kite because they gave me a shot of Demerol in my ass, which I had reactions to. So I couldn't keep my eyes open. I was hallucinating. I was seeing all these pretty odd colored flowers. Like it was just, it was fake, but it was real. So they asked me if the students could come in and, you know, witness the birth, see the birth because it was a high risk pregnancy. And apparently in my drug stupor, I said, yes. Next thing I know, I can hear the pediatrician's voice and I can smell his cologne. Dr. Geekus wore, I want to say it was CK1. I had talked to his daughter just last week and she couldn't remember what cologne it was neither, but he wore a lot of it and you could smell him coming before you ever seen him. And he was in the delivery room and I know that's not normal. But they told me not to worry about it. So my OBGYN said to me, when I tell you to stop pushing, I mean you seriously have to stop pushing. So since this was my first baby, I had no idea. I guess that's what they tell everybody. So I only had to push two or three times and he was out. And they did an episiotomy and, um, when they got him out, like they threw him on me, which I, I guess this is what they do. And he immediately started crying. So I was just happy that I had had a happy, healthy baby and, you know, I'm crying because this is what I always wanted. I can't believe it. He's healthy. I'm a mom and he's wiggling around and I feel like he's going to fall. So I end up grabbing him by his foot because it just felt like he was going to fall. And I'm looking for my fiance and 
You, it's all I see is blue eyes. He's as white as the walls in the room. I don't know if he actually passed out or not, but I know there was a few times I couldn't see him or find him. So while I was in recovery, my doctor came in and told me that we had almost lost the baby in delivery because the cord was wrapped around his neck three times and that he had had that bowel movement inside. And this is why the pediatrician was also there. I mean, so far, I've almost lost this kid twice before I even get to hold him and hug him. So he was just so cute. He was adorable. He had a head full of hair. He had like olive complected skin. And I'm just overwhelmed that I finally have a happy, healthy a baby boy and I just held on to him and just cried tears of joy and I'm going to stop here and you can follow me on Instagram at Robin's Nest Podcast or on Facebook at Robin's Nest Podcast and I want to thank you for listening and the next podcast we will pick up when after I had the baby probably like when I went home so enjoy yourself enjoy your night and until next time